Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok under the name Panda Pig Inc. Hey, it's Panda. And it's Pig. We're back. <laughs> You're watching the... Wow. <laughs> wow. Watching the heart and the bones. <laughs> You're listening to the heart and the bones. We forgot the name of our podcast. Right off the bat. I'm already messing up. Um, it's a rookie move. <laughs> We're learning. <laughs> yeah. So this is our first episode. And as you can tell, it's going to be absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so for our first episode, we watched the Bones pilot. I watched it probably uh, two or three days ago. And I just watched it last night. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> it was very difficult it was very difficult. You were watching it, but I was here. Mm-hmm. But I knew we couldn't talk about it because I wanted to save all the juicy stuff for today. Yes. But so. I think it'll pay off. I think it'll be good. Yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Alrighty. So the uh, pilot episode of Bones is kind of just more tying everybody together of why we're here. Mm-hmm. So it starts off, um, Bones comes back from guatemala she's a world-renowned forensic anthropologist and she in the past worked with the fbi as a consultant um looking at um and identifying human remains that are basically just straight up bones yeah and um so this episode, she's just yeah. coming back from Guatemala, then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Bones and Booth seem like they kind of have a history, and Booth wants her to help on a current case where the victim uh, was found in a pond. Turns yeah. out she is a um, a young intern for um, for a senator that went missing a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and so that's essentially what the episode's about. Yep. And then, so this is kind of more of, like, our thoughts as we were watching this episode. We're going to kind of just dive in and in sections, and hopefully you guys can follow along with what we're doing. Yes, so hopefully, if you're going to watch this episode, you've just watched the Bones pilot, or you have fond memories of the Bones pilot, or if you've never watched Bones, I'm not sure. We're just giving you spoilers. (laughs) I'm not sure why you're here, but, like, start watching it, and let's let's hang out. Yeah, hang with us. (laughs) So, um, the beginning, the beginning of the airport is at the airport. So Mm -hmm. what, what were your thoughts about that? Okay. I actually almost went on a whole rant (laughs) to pig actually when I first clicked and I was like, tell me how all these people are just standing there just watching the board at the airport. Like, even the Angela. departure yes. flight board. Yes. And Angela is even like, um, this this is broken. This, this is broken. Hello? Like, right. And no one's commenting. They're all just staring. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. It's a show. But you would think they would say something or something. But no, you know, movie logic. A world, a world where you have to flash your tits to get an answer. Yes. But okay, so that scene, I was like, customer service much hello <laughs> this is this ain't real life hello well like to start off with angela is 
um, Brennan's best friend. Yes, Angela is good. They both work at the Jeffersonian, Mm -hmm. and she's there to pick Bones up from the airport. Bones is her nickname. Yes. And at that scene, the airport scene with the... um, when the departure and incoming flight board was flashing, mm-hmm. I had the exact same thoughts. I was like, what airport is this? I mean, I know what airport it is, right. but, but to where like, nobody's freaking out. Happening? It's not like anybody at that time, like, had their cell phone so that they could see, mm-hmm. you know, their flight information on their phone. They're just, no. like, totally chill. Like, In yep. 2005... Like, and no one's squinting or anything. They're just no. literally standing just there. Just hanging out. I'm like, alrighty then. Yeah. But a little unrealistic. Yeah. But when Angela goes to the customer service desk to get some information, mm-hmm. my other thought was, because you know how she flashes him. Right. I was like, hold on. Like, I get it. Like, in a lingerie, it'd be comfortable like that. But I'm like... She's in a full-on corset. If literally full-on <laughs> corset. Like, they don't even talk about it either. Like, they don't even talk about, like... Was there a reason she dressed up that way? Did she have a hot date? Like, she just felt sexy that day? Like, nothing. That's they, them they giving you the, the characterization that this lady is sexually liberated, liberated and intelligent, yes. and she's going to figure out what she needs to figure out. Yes. But yeah. when she does run into Bones at that scene, I'm just like, oh, I love Bones. Her personality, especially <laughs> right now, I... It's chef's kiss. Yes. What I loved, I love, like, them just showing us Angela and Bones' dynamic. Like, Mm -hmm. I love how much Angela calls everybody sweetie and honey. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's just so comforting. It is endearing. Yeah. And you can tell exactly the kind of people that they are (laughs) when they're talking. (laughs) But what makes me happy, though, is because compared to, like, other shows and movies and TV shows, like, they actually they make them actually seem like best friends and it feels more relatable in a sense where it's like, wow, they really are best friends. Like they actually communicate. Yeah. Like I love best how, friends. I love how Bones is not even the least bit surprised nope. that Angela flashed the customer service exactly. desk. Exactly. Like that's what I mean. I'm like, they're literally, they have that connection and they really show like, oh yeah, they're best friends. They're on that, they're at that brain level right there. Yeah. And that's what I like. And then immediately, like, you're getting that dose, and then the Homeland Security yes. agent comes up. Yes. And Bones <laughs> takes him to the ground, and Angela's like, kick his ass! Kick his ass! Oh my god, I love that so much. That made me think of you. Yeah. Like, literally, I was I was, that's Panda. <laughs> she literally, Angela's sitting there, and she's even starts beating him with her, with her purse. purse. <laughs> and I'm like... If this, if that ain't me, I don't know what it is. That is so you. <laughs> like, it's it's a thousand percent you. Yes. But, so I did have other comments about that, because I'm like, hold okay. on. Because I feel like this is something more down pig's alley. I was like, and I know Bones mentions it, but I was like, you would think Homeland Security would announce themselves before laying a hand on her? Like. Honey, yeah, what is, are you doing? It is a strange moment. I personally don't know, mm-hmm. but even if Homeland Security was just wanting to question her, mm-hmm. I can't imagine a world where they immediately lay hands on her. Right. Especially 
with the hindsight that we know now that yes. Booth is the one who set up that encounter. Yeah, but you still think, like, hey, maybe announce yourself. And then, Typically, you know. from from my knowledge, that's not exactly how it would go down, the way it did in the episode, where they immediately lay hands on her yeah. and try to take her away for questioning. Yeah. The interesting part of that, that I know we both have questions about, is the fact that she had a full-on skull in her backpack <laughs> when she gets off the airplane. Well, here's something that was interesting to me that I thought about. I was like, okay, so she is like this well-renowned like forensic anthropologist, and she's mm-hmm. been at the Jeffersonian, and she's just you know casually carrying around a skull but i'm like she's not holding it in anything no bag no box and she's not wearing gloves so i was like all righty then like i don't know like i just assumed that's just something you would do like i know they address it later but i was like you would think that's just something she would already be doing Mm-hmm. With that status already. Like, yes. I felt like that's just something, you know, you learn on your first day. Yeah. And when I was I was watching this episode, I was talking about it with my sister. Mm-hmm. And her first question was, is that even legal <laughs> to have a skull on an airplane? Like, how did they let it through? And I tell you what, though, Pan- uh, Miss Panda, Pig <laughs> has come through and she got the information. Really? So... This is the answer to the age old questions of how did bones transport human bones on an airplane? Okay. Apparently, it's 100% legal. What? Okay. So, uh, TSA has a Twitter account. Okay. And in 2019, they had posted um, this tweet saying, Are you guys expecting a visit from the hashtag tooth fairy? You'll be happy to learn that teeth parentheses, human remain, human, animal, and artificial, and parentheses, are allowed through security checkpoint. Hashtag tooth fairy day. Okay. What? So someone comments, I don't know if I should say her name or not. Uh, I don't know. You can no. find the post. Just leave Anyways, me. they say, what about other human body parts? How about a whole skeleton? Ask TSA responds. Okay. A skeleton may be transported in carry-on and checked bags if it's properly packaged, labeled, and declared to your airline. We also strongly recommend that you contact your airline as they may have additional policies on traveling with this item. Safe travels? Huh. <laughs> 100% legal. Oh my god. Totally legal. But it's still, like, even then, like... you Carry think, your like, bodies on board. But Bone just had it <laughs> casually carrying in her backpack. Like, it right. just rolled out. So that's the unrealistic part, because that, yes. that says that you need to have it somehow, yeah. like, declared but, to your airline. But I think they're assuming, obviously, TSA is assuming that you're probably... Well, no. Because they said carry-on, too. <laughs> I don't oh, my know. God. Yeah. You, you did remind me of, like, a horror story that I did read about, like, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. It's totally off topic, but there was a story about, I think it was a couple, I don't know what they were, but I guess they were trying to smuggle drugs on a plane, and how they did it was they had it in, like, a dead hollow baby skull or body <sighs> something. I don't, I don't know if it was real. Maybe it was a dream. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I swear to goodness that I swear I heard something about it where they were on the plane 
and they had a baby, like as if they were holding the baby in their arms. Uh-huh. And I guess it was hollow, and there was actually drugs in them. How they and, get through TSA? Well, I guess they didn't show the baby. But you still have to walk through the metal know. detector. I don't know. I have no idea. I just know that the reason why they got caught is because when they uh, set flight, because you know, like mm-hmm. when you go up and elevation or whatever, like your ears pop and stuff. Usually, babies start crying. Well, the baby didn't cry, so they got suspicious. And this sounds like a creepy pasta. Yes, and I'm wondering if that's what it was. Because I'm like, why do I remember this? I don't know if maybe it was a creepy pasta. Maybe, maybe it was a dream. <laughs> maybe it really did happen. I don't know, but that's what I thought of. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, but going back to bones. Back to bones, yes. though. So, um, anyways. You uh, can carry a skull. <laughs> you can carry a skull on yes. an airplane. <laughs> Fascinating. But when we do get past Homeland Security, the moment Booth walks in, I'm just like, oh, David Boreanaz. Hello. Beautiful, yes. beautiful man. Head to toe. Chef's kiss. Now, did you ever watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Angel? I did not, but I know his character there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I, well, I knew <laughs> about those characters before I watched Bones. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember yes. now. Yes. And so my love for him has extended a, a long period of time. I'm not, I'm not mad at that. <laughs> I, I, yes, yes. Oh, and for you people listening in on us, if you did watch this episode, you probably saw the bread in the boat, the book that he slid across. And I'm like, ha ha that's kind of where our name came, kind of mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Did a play on it. Yes, a play on it. The heart in the bones, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. heart. You know what I also thought of when we were watching the episode? What was did like, you think? Is Booth the heart in bones? Is he the heart? It for her, oh, and I was so like, sweet. "That's sappy," but it <laughs> immediately turned sexual, and I had to change my mind. I, I know I had to stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> so Bones, uh, so Booth. It turns out he totally set up the whole encounter because he yes. wants her to work with him, on and he also this wanted to pick her up. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to pick her up. Yes, in more ways than one. <laughs> yeah. So basically, he convinces her to. Um, help with the case. Yes. And he says, okay, we're Scully and Mulder because she wants <laughs> to be in the field and he agrees. Yep. So do you understand that reference? I feel like I've heard of it, but no, I do not. Okay. So mm-hmm. I'm trying not to cry because oh, okay. it's from the X-Files, which oh. is a TV show. Yes. It was on in the 90s. Gillian yes. Anderson mm-hmm. and David Duchovny. Uh, it's a great sci-fi show, amazing. I think it's like nine seasons. But anyways, <laughs> the characters are Scully and Mulder. And so I have two thoughts about this specific phrase. So when I was reading the Wikipedia page about Bones is in the first season, mm-hmm. they would make some kind of pop culture reference. And Bones's response would always be, I don't know what that means. <laughs> So, at this part, when she's like, when he's like, okay, we're Scully and Mulder, she responds with, I don't know what that means. So, that's a little bit of an Easter egg when you're watching the earlier episodes. I just figured it's part of her personality, because she really does says that a lot, where I don't (laughs) know what that means. And honestly, I feel like it takes a lot for someone to admit that they don't know what something means. So, I give her a lot of credit on that. (laughs) Yes. And so, 
what also prompted me to remember thinking about the X-Files was um, there's this thing called the Scully effect. Have you ever heard of it? No, but okay. I, I, this only Scully is the only thing that's kind of ringing in the bell with me. Okay, so a bunch of, it's basically a phenomenon that um, holds on the premise that the character Scully, who's a doctor in the show, like the scientist, the voice of reason, mm-hmm. that she inspired a generation of women to go into STEM fields. So it's oh. like science, technology, okay. engineering, math. And there was an actual study <laughs> that, like a survey that was done in 2018 by the Gina Davis Institute. Okay. Okay. So this is what they found. They, sa- they found that they looked at how much Dana Scully, the character, okay. influenced girls to go into STEM. One of their findings was that women who regularly watch the X-Files, this is a quote, are significantly more likely to have considered going into a STEM career, majored in a STEM field in college, and worked in a STEM STEM profession. Among women (laughs) who are familiar with Scully's character, half of them say Scully increased their interest in STEM. Wow. So the reason that I thought about this is I was like, okay, what's the temperance Brennan effect? Because did you really watch Bones if you didn't (laughs) want to be a forensic anthropologist at one point? Yes. I mean, you're not wrong. I I definitely feel that. (laughs) Like, I totally considered it. I did too. But then I was like, ooh. Lots of, lots of science. Lots of science, lots of school, and then, like, the whole process of trying to get into that career field, and it's not as easy as they make it seem on the show, either. No, it's not, and that's something Mm -hmm. else I looked at, too. So, do you remember how she makes the comment where she's like, where he's like, uh, where's the nearest forensic anthropologist? And she says the nearest one's in Montreal. Yes. So, I couldn't find... Like, how many board-certified forensic anthropologists there were in 2005. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not great at a search engine, apparently. But as of 2017, there were 119 forensic anthropologists that had been certified by the American Board of Forensic Anthropology. So, in the U.S., there's probably more forensic anthropologists, but, you know, board-certified means, you know, you're legit, you know. Yeah. Do you feel like that it happened more because of, like, people who watched Bones? Do you think some of them were inspired to become a forensic I feel like of those who watched Bones, and you were of the age where you were looking into picking a career field, you definitely considered it. Wow. Even if you... That's what I think, because everyone I've talked to who watched the show had those thoughts. I mean, yes, we, we did. And we almost went to school for it. Yeah, like literally at a college fair, <laughs> talking to a recruiter, asking them, how do I, how do I become a forensic <laughs> anthropologist? You know? I mean, you were, you got pretty close. You studied criminal justice. So you were down that road. Yeah. You could, you definitely could have. Close, but, but not close enough. Not close enough. <laughs> Right. But go, going back to Bones, though, yes, I did have Bones. a comment, though, when they were in the van. You like how she's just nonchalantly sitting there, has her leg up, and she has, like, this whole attitude with her style, like, she's a little like, smirk. She's like Indiana Jones meets Spock. Yes, and I'm just like, I love Bones like this. I just 
I adore that style, the clunky jewelry. She just, like, she's oh such a character. Gosh. Yes, she really is. And then the chemistry between yes. her and Booth, just even in the van, I'm like, wow. Yes, I like how they both are a brand of person that neither have really encountered. Mm -hmm. You know, where Booth is not afraid to challenge her or to basically, you know, fight her on something. Mm -hmm. Whereas it seems like everybody else in her life is just kind of like, like, okay, that's Bones. And Booth is like, why are you like this? (laughs) Speaking of Booth, though, do you realize, like, like obviously anyone who's seen Bones, they know Booth, but do you realize, like, how his character is just so consistent, though? Like, yes. Even in the first episode, it's, he's so consistent. Like, he, I love the yeah. facts about his character. He obviously has character development. Oh, definitely. But, like, the core of who he is remains pretty consistent yes. throughout the show. Yes. He rarely does something where you say to yourself, like, is that really Booth? That's like, not boot. Yeah, right. you never. Mm-hmm. I mean, you. There are a few times, but most of the time, he's you're pretty consistent, content. and I like that about him. Me you too. know what you're getting. You yes. Know. Yeah. Same thing with Angela. Angela's yes. pretty consistent to an extent, though. There are some times where I'm just kind of like, really, Angela. What True. Are you doing? And it's usually for the purpose of plot. Yes. You know, to move something along. But that was as much as I had for airport to driving scene. I okay, so then they drive to the crime scene. Yep, they drive to the crime scene. Mm-hmm. So this is where they find the body. It's been in the water. You yes. meet Zach Addy, Eric I love Milligan. Zach. Yep, and he's her assistant. Mm-hmm. So um, from I was reading a lot on a Bones Reddit forum, and a lot of people were confused. Like, was Zach the first intern mm-hmm. or? what was he but they clearly name him as her assistant yes he's supposed to be the assistant and he's also you know like getting was it his doctorates or something yes he's working on two phds yes that's what it was but i was like yeah he's not an intern he was her assistant and that's something i noticed like a lot of people sometimes forget they Mm -hmm. think he's an intern and he was just her favorite intern but that wasn't it he actually was her assistant so that's something I was like, wow. I feel that. like Zach and Bones added this intelligent innocence to the show. Yes. Where they're the epitome of people who are incredibly intelligent. Oh, yeah. Incredibly intelligent, but yet don't have the Any most social developed skills. social skills. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> like they can come off pretty condescending, but mm-hmm. they don't mean to be because that's just how they are. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it was kind of strange to me, because something I was going to point out to you, I was like, is it just me, or were there some scenes they kind of made it seem like she was flirting with him a little bit, or he was flirting with her, kind of like he adores her, but I don't know. It, I don't know, maybe that's the vibe I was getting. I don't know. I wanted to know your thoughts on that. You can definitely tell that he admires her mm-hmm. and is incredibly inspired by her, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's entirely out of pocket to consider him having some sort of romantic feeling towards her. Yeah. So I can't, I feel like I've gotten a hint of it. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm hardcore about it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I definitely see, see that (laughs) and see that. Yeah. (laughs) Because that was something I I saw. I was like, hold on. Did Bones just flirt with him on something like this? On her end? Yeah. I noticed that in the first episode. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, backtrack. Yes. It's definitely strange. Yes. But going back to the crime scene, I something I did 
I had some thoughts about. I was like, okay, they get to the crime scene, and then her and Booth are in the water, and mm-hmm. I'm like, tell me why everyone's just there's no one else in the water. Like there's this whole <laughs> like team there, and I'm like, granted, I get it. Like she's supposed to see if this is a case. However, there's still a body in the water, like. Hello? No one retrieved it anyway? Like, you would think they would have gotten it by now, regardless if it was murder or not? Well, for considering that the the body... So, I'm not 100% sure, but my brain is divided on this. Okay. So, on one hand, I see the necessity of immediately taking the skeleton out of the water. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't know if it's a homicide, because it's well known that water can erode a lot of important evidence. Right. right? Mm -hmm. Um, But on the other hand, if the body is already at that level of decomposition, I could see them being, well, we're going to get as much evidence as that's already there. Another hour or two isn't going to ruin things and waiting for the specific CSI team might prevent us from, like, from us destroying evidence. evidence. So I could see it going both ways, but I'm not really sure because. So do you feel like it's more of like, they just wanted her firsthand look so she can like, see anything with her own eyes before they retrieve the body and that way yeah. they don't mess with anything i think so too i okay. think maybe they were freaked out because as much as bones um can kind of desensitize you to seeing a full-on human skeleton mm-hmm. most dead fo- most dead bodies are not found at that level of decomp so some cops seeing that are actually going to be shocked mm-hmm you know, yeah. like as, as someone who's really into true crime and I'm reading about all of these different stories and then it comes to a part where I hear or I mean, I see that it's written that when the cops showed up to the crime scene that they threw up at the state of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how could you throw up your uh, your <laughs> homicide investigator? Right. But then like, I'm realizing, OK, these people are in it in real life. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. not seeing what I'm reading every day. Some right. cities are, mm-hmm. but not they're not seeing that on everyday basis. The yeah. same type of scenarios. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. But speaking of the teams, though, like something when I was watching, I was like, interesting. There's like the FBI forensics team versus the Jeffersonian team. And I'm just kind of like, it's like the Jeffersonian part is just telling the FBI's forensic team, like, oh, you guys do this, you do that. And I'm just kind of like, interesting. Yeah, it is like, interesting how they have that dynamic. Because right. typically it would be the Jeffersonian is consulting on this case. Yes. So it wouldn't be them calling the shots unless the FBI team is like, look, we're way over our head please come in here and tell us what to do if it was something that team hadn't encountered Mm -hmm. but the fact they're they're in dc (laughs) i just have a hard time believing believing that they're that inexperienced but i don't know i'm not an fbi agent they just make like the forensics team like the fbi forensics team just seems so incompetent yeah whenever you watch consultant true crime procedurals it's like the local cops are always completely incompetent (laughs) and bumbling and they're always fighting the fbi like no this is we do this our way right but in reality it's not like that a lot of the times when these smaller departments call in the fbi or whatever it's because they need help because they haven't encountered these things really 
Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the, um, I mean, in older crimes, you have a lot less inner communication between, like, the FBI and a local police department or two other police departments mm-hmm. because there was kind of, well, still a little bit there is, but there was more of this, this is our case, we don't communicate, we don't tell you what's going on. Oh. But it's smarter to have that communication <laughs> because yes. you don't have the know-how. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I just find it weird how the show kind of does it. You yeah. Think, you know, it's just like, oh, you might as well just make them already part of the team. But they didn't. Right. They just made them like, oh, you guys are consulting, but you guys are calling the shots. And there are some episodes where the FBI crime scene investigation unit is like nowhere to be found ever. Exactly. And I'm like... Hello? What? Yeah, it's so very I don't strange. know. It's, yeah. But after they retrieve the body, then they go back to the lab. I did have some thoughts about that, too, where I was like, mm-hmm. hold on. You would think that they would wear gloves more often. Like, more of them mm-hmm. all have gloves, and they wouldn't be touching their clothes as much or touch each other as much when they have the evidence. Or maybe, <laughs> like, wearing masks. Because I feel like you shouldn't really be inhaling, like, Things that are decomposing, like, yeah. right before your eyes. Or, like, everyone would have their hair in a ponytail yes. or contained. Or like, like Hodgins' net. hair is everywhere. Honestly, I hate Hodgins' hair in this episode. I know. I'm I usually like, love oh, it, though. Yes. But this episode, I'm like, no, who did your hair, Hodgins? Yeah, who no. who did you like that, boo? Yes. I was just like, I don't like her hair like but that, But, you know, sweetheart. I think it's supposed to add the fact of him being this wild kind of kooky conspiracy theorist where he's just kind of like yeah i just rolled out of bed but i'm a genius i'm gonna do whatever i feel like i got a temper like you know he's like who needs to worry about my hair care routine (laughs) when the illuminati is running the world exactly so i mean you're not wrong (laughs) yeah and they also when they're at the lab they start talking about bones's book Mm -hmm. and how all of the characters in the book seem to be based on the people in the lab (laughs) And there is this ongoing uh, bit in the show that I don't think they ever fully address, but hopefully someone will correct me if I'm wrong, that obviously Booth is based off of, Agent Andy is based off of Booth. Yes. And it's this ongoing bit where they're just like, um, oh yeah, it's totally Booth. And Brennan is like, no, I just wrote him whatever. Yeah. But they never fully say, like, oh. Oh, you know what? I think yes. they do. I think they do later on. But it's a Possibly. big part of the the first part of the show. Yeah. I, we'll probably dig into that later on. I think for now, we could just leave it at that on that one. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So Bones puts the skull back together and... You ever think about, wow, she put it together with Elmer's glue. That was my exact <laughs> thought. I don't... I should have looked that up, but that did not seem... Standard protocol. Yeah. (laughs) And no gloves either. I was like, all right. No. No gloves. What if all of our skulls are just being held together with Elmer's glue? It feels like it. (laughs) The fumes. I can can smell glue in my sleep. My first thought, though, I don't know if this is messed up, but Mm. I kind of want to put a skull together. It looks like the most fun puzzle, like the most fun 3D puzzle. But it also seems like a big headache if you have no idea what the hell you're doing. E- well, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, so it probably would be a headache. headache. 
But I would have fun while I have the headache. To an extent. You'd be like, wow, I'm bones. Then you'd be like, this doesn't look right. I'm doing this wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And when they're they're at the lab, they figure out that the victim is Cleo Louise Eller. Mm -hmm. She's a missing Senate intern who's rumored to have had an affair with um, Senator Allen Bethlehem. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They never say, like, what political party he's from. Nope. But it doesn't really seem like that's the most important thing to the show. It's just the fact that he's a senator. Yeah. And, um, and the, what was I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> so they figure out that it's her. Yeah. And Booth kind of gets emotional because it turns out he's assigned to the case to solve her yeah. murder. And all of a sudden, he is totally against Bones coming into the field. Yeah, and that's what's kind of interesting, too. But before that, I did want to mention that oh. the hologram, Angelo's hologram oh, yeah. technology. I was like, this is pretty dope. Right? Like, this is some next level stuff. Like, what's going on here? They never talk about Angela's education. No. Like, how is not. she this? She's this tech genius. But she's mostly an artist, which isn't strange, but no. she, it's not like she went, they talk about her ever going to college. No. Wait, so it's just did, like, where does, where does, is she just a magician? She's just that much of a genius? She's just a tech like, savant. <laughs> yeah, that was so weird. Yes. But then it's interesting because later the hologram kind of disappears, but we'll get into that one later. It's just, what oh, yeah, they see? changed. It's still technology. cool though. It's still really cool. I remember seeing that for the first time and thinking it was one of the coolest things. So, besides that, when we were there in the lab, did you notice on Angela's desk there were a bunch of little baby heads? No. So when you go back and watch it, and this is for any of you listeners, if you haven't noticed, there's a bunch of creepy baby heads on Angela's desk. What the hell? It's creepy. I was like, what is this? No one else sees this? Am I just, am I tripping? Is this new? But like no, how, it's there. Like how big are the baby different heads? Different sizes. Different sizes? They're little different sizes. It's like a little dolls? strange. Like, kind of like, uh, well, I guess porcelain dolls in a way. Ugh. Just, you know, those old type of like baby head dolls. It was very weird. I was like, why is this? Yeah. And that couch in her office is ugly. Oh, yeah. A thousand percent. So ugly. <laughs> a thousand but. percent. <laughs> the only thing I have to say for when Bones and Booth argue and Bones basically blackmails Booth into oh, letting yeah. her <laughs> stay in the field <laughs> is she calls him a rat bastard. Okay. I was thinking that too. <laughs> I was like, let's bring that back. A hey, you rat bastard. I, it just has so much bite. To it yes and it's sound it's so fun to say yes and you can be dramatic with mm. it yeah but yet it's it's still a good burn it really is still a good burn and i just kind of wish she uses it more often <laughs> i know i freaking i lo- love that phase but it's interesting though what she she even from the very beginning she still always says how much she hates psychology yeah, how she's like, it's a soft science. I hate psychology, and I don't understand it. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I just I, I hate psychology, and I'm like, at least that's consistent for sure. Like that's something that part I of really like. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that kind of goes back into it, because when they go back to the lab... Yes. And uh, they figure out... They had found small bones with the victim's body, with Cleo's body. Yes. And they thought it was initially frog bones, but it turns out that it actually belonged to a fetus, yes. and Cleo was pregnant. And I was like, Ugh. I remember I, when I first watched it, I was like, scandalous. Scandals. Yes. And you know what? It's never sex with a hot senator. No. It's, like, I Why get, is it even a thing? Like, like is this their status? They're know. not cute. No. <laughs> They're old, usually. <laughs> like, no. Get yourself, like, a basketball player or something like that. Get get you something good, center? at least. I, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm just disappointed. I mean, I just, they were just biased. <laughs> yeah. If it was a hot senator. That's a different story, honey. That but. is totally different, and I'm here for you, and I agree. And but you know support. what? Do your thing, girl. Do your thing. Do Obtain the bag. Obtain the bag. Do what the you bag. do. <laughs> Um, but after that scene, that's when Angela tries to get Brendan out for a drink, yes. and they have this really beautiful moment that shows a lot about their friendship and yeah. really builds up kind Did of. Did you notice uh, Bones' earrings though? The oh fans yeah, are so cute. They, Bones, I love Bones's jewelry. I love it, but I, a lot of people don't. I, they, they think crazy. it's too funky. Well, that's the best part of it. It's funky. funky. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it too. But um, oh oh oh, back what? at the lab, I forgot to mention. Hmm. So. Obviously, later on when you watch, do you notice that the bone room changes and looks oh, smaller? Yep. And the angle changes, too. So right now, what it currently looks like, it looks almost like the bone room is limbo. Yes. And it's so big. And I'm like, it kind of looks more like limbo than an actual bone room. That's that pilot budget. Mm. Same with the, the FBI office. Did yes. you notice that, too? Very different. We don't even see, like, Booth's boss as much later either, so yeah. it's kind of interesting to see, wow, going back, we're like, oh, so this is his boss, it's been a while. Yeah, that's kind of the thing when TV shows film a pilot, they don't mm -hmm. know whether they're going to be picked up or not. Yeah. So, so they just kind of do what they can. They do what they can, and if they get picked up, they get more money, and they build things the way they want them to look. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whatchamacallit. Oh, there was a scene... I feel like we're, I'm going a little out of order because I can't remember. You're fired. I know. But I was going to ask. It was the scene where Bones takes the gum from the senator. Can she do that, though? Girl, you are getting ahead of yourself. But you know what? It's okay. Because <laughs> I already have a section for that. Alrighty. Okay. Um, okay. Let me go to it. So I have a bachelor's degree in, in criminal justice. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn about this stuff. So for that part, Bones is try Bones and Booth go to confront the senator and the senator's aide. So it's Ken Thompson is the aide and Alan Bethlehem is the senator. Oh, and okay. they've just found out that Cleo was pregnant and mm -hmm. they go confront them yeah. and say, basically, Bones is like, why'd you kill her? <laughs> you know, and they're like, did you know she was pregnant? Yes. The only thing we need to know is who's the father. Yes. So the senator throws his gum away and Bones goes to the trash can and picks it up. And the senator is, or was it the senator or the aide? They say, you need a warrant one. for yes, that. Yes, one of them too. Okay. So for, there's a couple of things to unpack. So to get that kind of evidence, to, to get a warrant, you're going somewhere or getting something 
where someone has a reasonable expectation of privacy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And for a well, I guess I should backtrack. Warren specifically is to protect is a part of the Fourth Amendment. Okay. okay. So the Fourth Amendment says the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, effects against unreasonable searches and seizures mm-hmm. shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. So there's a couple of parts to warrants. You need probable cause, which is a level of certainty, I guess. Okay. The oath or affirmation is the judge's signature. Mm-hmm. And you have to explicitly say what you want to search for and where you're searching. So, for example, if the search warrant says that you're looking for a gun in someone's house, okay, you can only look in places that a gun could be. Okay. So since, like, a gun can be disassembled, you can also look in places that the disassembled gun parts could be. Mm-hmm. So if so you I'm, can't just check everywhere. Like, you have to actually have an idea where yes. you're looking. If I'm looking for an elephant, I can't go through your underwear drawer. <laughs> yeah. You know? But if yeah. I'm looking for a disassembled gun, you could definitely disassemble the gun and put it in your underwear drawer, put it in a put safe... Yeah. Things like that. Okay. And you can only look in those places. But with this situation, with her taking the gun, I'm gum. The gum. He <laughs> said she needed a warrant. Yeah. So if they were, like, at his home or something, mm-hmm. and, um, like, a police officer took his DNA in, in such a way, he would have needed a warrant. Okay. But where they were, you public. only need a warrant where there is a reasonable expectation of privacy. Where they were, the senator didn't have a reasonable expectation of privacy to that gum. Okay, so she can take it, but yes. could she use that evidence that yes. against him? Even further. So she can take that gum because it's public place. Mm-hmm. He has no reasonable expectation of privacy. He mm-hmm. discarded it, etc. But even further, Bones in particular doesn't need a warrant because she's not a sworn officer. Oh. So the rules don't apply to her in that way. She's a consultant. Oh, so she could kind of do whatever she wants as long as she's out in the public. So for both ways, she's good. Even if a police officer wanted to get that gum, he's fully legally allowed to do it because reasonable expectation of privacy and he discarded it. But for Bones, even if it wasn't a reasonable expectation of privacy, she could get that gum and have it used in evidence without having been thrown out in court because she's not a sworn officer. And the officers um, don't necessarily have to discard it because she obtained it illegally. No. Weird. That's why. That's actually really crazy. Yeah, but, and because wow, okay. when you're watching it, she, they're like, "You need a warrant," and I'm like, yeah. "Even even if she's working for the FBI, she doesn't need a warrant." <laughs> you know, yeah. And that's what's so crazy. There's a lot of things about our criminal justice system that you don't really understand, and when you watch a TV show, it's like they get it right seventy, sixty percent, <laughs> right? And you, you, they don't really yeah. give you the full on info about it. But the thing where if she could use the evidence or not 
it, that's called fruit of the poisonous tree. <laughs> so basically what that says <laughs> is any evidence that's obtained illegally mm-hmm. is tainted and poisonous and poisons anything that's derived from that evidence. Mm-hmm. So if, let's say, she got that gum illegally yeah, and she was a sworn officer and it was fruit of the poisonous tree if they got the dna from that gum and it proved that he was the father and let's say it proved that he murdered um cleo they wouldn't be able to use that evidence in court because the evidence was obtained illegally that's so people get off on this all the time which can be so frustrating when you're reading about real life true crime stuff mm-hmm. and the police officers aren't necessarily following you like know protocol legal protocol yeah. yeah, and it totally can screw up a case, and people get off for it. But at least for this situation, like, Bones actually did something, and it actually works in her favor, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, even fun. though they don't get any DNA from yeah. the gum. They even sh- they don't even show anything about that. But uh, it was kind of cool to see, because she beat his ass, or she whoever did. it was that she beat his ass. <laughs> I think she I was punched like, him or something. I don't know who she was. I don't care. I just know she beat ass again. She like, always beat his ass. ass. Kick his ass again. That's another unrealistic <laughs> thing, because how are these people not filing assault charges on her <laughs> all the time? I mean, they, they deal with that later on. But for now, it's like, let her get away with it. Let <laughs> no, her get away with don't. it. Savage bones, savage bones. They don't. But, uh, so then moving on. There is a scene, though, where Angela is talking to Booth mm-hmm. about Brennan's parents. And I don't know how I felt about that, because I'm like, that's your best friend, and you're sharing that with supposedly her partner. And I'm like, half and half, because I'm like, it's kind of like, you know, you're trying to fill him in a little bit so he understands her. But the other half of me is like, was that really your place to tell him? Because that's pretty personal to Bones, and I don't know if that was really Angela's place to do that. I agree. And then he says that he read her file, and I'm like, excuse me? Uh, (laughs) For what? Like, the way these TV shows prevent stuff is that, like, oh, I just, you know, I run a background check on my sister's new boyfriend, or I'm just going to research about this person. Yeah, she's a consultant, but... The only thing that he would be able to look up mm-hmm. or would be looking for yeah, that would be in a file would be illegal activity if she'd committed crimes. So it's so like, why are you about looking her into her file? <laughs> yeah, her parents' disappearance, him knowing about that, that's, that's weird. Yeah. Oh. Especially because it's not revealed who her parents are. Yeah. But speaking of, like, com- like you know, conversation, conversation with Angela, I completely forgot. There was a thought I had when her and Angela, uh, Angela and Bones were speaking earlier, um, when Bones a bit was a bit distressed. I found it interesting how you see her just kind of hanging on a door, stressed out, because usually when Bones is frustrated, she focuses on the Bones. Mm. But obviously, this is pilot episode, so obviously, I can't expect too much yeah. about her character. But I found that interesting how originally they just kind of had her hanging around, and here you got Angela saying, oh, glug glug. <laughs> Or like a secure something. Let's go drink. Yeah, you know? what I liked 
about that scene too, even though it's a bit different of a characterization where you're seeing her being very vulnerable, mm-hmm. was the freaking beautiful quotes that they <laughs> speak to each other. Yeah. Where Bones is like, I hate psychology because it's yes. a soft science. And Angela's like, well, people are mostly soft. And Bones yeah. is like, except for their bones. And I'm like, ba-dum-tsh. There it is. Yeah. And it's just, like, the dynamic between them two is just, it's so sweet, and it's just so relatable and just makes sense. At least to me, it makes sense. The part that got me was when Angela said, uh, offer up a bit of yourself every once in a while. And, ugh, that's so hard. I'm, I'm like, no. Nobody gets (laughs) nothing. Give nothing to them. They don't deserve it. (laughs) That's part of the other reason why I love this show, is they really... Oh, it's very character driven, which mm-hmm. is not very, not totally common for a lot of true crime procedurals. No, it's but not. they, they sometimes, I mean, they obviously have a lot of overarching plots between episodes, but a lot of things are very character driven, which I, I really enjoy. You and you're invested. Yes, yes definitely. It's wonderful. <laughs> but moving on, uh, I apologize for jumping back. It was something I remembered. And you're was forgiven. Like, I need to tell you guys. I completely forgot. No, you're but good. You're good. Now, but obviously, we want to talk about the gun nice range scene. Yes, the gun <laughs> range. Oh, my gosh. Fabulous. So I don't remember it being as steamy as it was no it was not as intense the first time i don't know what it was i'm like did i see a different version like was is this an uncut version like what is this yes the gun range oh my gosh they he you know what he's doing he looks he looks like he's leaning he leaning the leaning for those of you down For it's twofold. So, Kabadon is a Japanese kind of what do you say challenge phenomenon? Like you're showing your dominance, you showing slam your, dominance. your hand against the wall, and you put like your like a female mostly. Mm-hmm. It's usually the man putting a female up against a wall, and you have your hand up against like her face against the wall, and it's like you kind of lean in as if you're kind of cage them. them. Yes, you're caging them like you're mine. Yes. And obviously this is more between Panda and Pig right now. It's a TikTok <laughs> reference. Yes. There's a TikToker that we Anime reference. It's an anime reference. reference. But also, <laughs> also, it reminds me of While You Were Sleeping. Oh, yeah. So While You're Sleeping, yes. Sandra Bullock, Bill Pullman... Oh my god! Totally, Peter Gallagher, adorable movie. I love that movie. <laughs> and there's this scene where Bill Pullman's character um, sees another character doing the lean the on lean. on Sandra Bullock, and it's essentially the same thing, minus the hand behind the female's head. Mm-hmm. And, and there's this part where it gets flipped around later in the movie, and the and the kind of bumbling idiot landlord's son sees Bill <laughs> Pullman leaning on Sandra Bullock and he's like, hey, you okay? He looks like he's leaning. <laughs> the lean, The guys. lean. The lean. The cabedon lean. The cabedon lean. Yeah, that, that was mostly <laughs> totally for the fans, that moment. It really was. But they also kind of talk about, like, uh, 
this, the essence of the conversation, even though I'm not totally paying attention to it because I'm looking at the sexual tension, Same. <laughs> was that... I'm like, just kiss him. Kiss like, him. You're getting closer, Punch. Just, just do it. They were talking about basically stick to your own stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, cops solve crimes, science right. people belong in the lab, you right. know. But something else that I think about, because they talk about squints, and that's what Booth calls lab people. Because they and, squint a lot. Because they squint at things. <laughs> but it also made me think of, like, how there's that trope of the nerd that wears glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like, are smart people just inherently visually impaired? I don't know. Like, Maybe sm- I'm not considered smart. I don't know how no. Your eyesight is too good to be smart. <laughs> I'm not allowed to be smart. <laughs> so, as you know, I looked this up. Mm-hmm, of so, Tig that- is a researcher. She is a big researcher. I'm more, give me the spark notes, go with the flow, get, just cut to the chase, I'm good. She's my, she's, yeah. I summarize for Pig, and yes. Pig will dig in deep for me. I'll get you the, the deets. She will. So there's this study in 2018 conducted by the Scotland, by Scotland's University of Edinburgh. Okay. They looked at data Oops, from sorry. about 300,000 people. Mm-hmm. And one of the findings was that there is, quote, a significant genetic overlap between general cognitive function, reaction time, and many health variables, including eyesight, hypertension, and longevity. Okay. So, <laughs> even, like, so, kind of, kind, kind of, a kind of an overlap between smart people and bad eyesight made I, me feel a little bit better. I, I, I Whatever, pig. (laughs) You and your 2020 vision need to go somewhere. I am. I will go somewhere. (laughs) Actually, right now I'm going to go into Booth's office because that's the part I want to talk about. Go into Booth's office. Booth's office. Jeez. (laughs) So Booth's office, you know the scene where he is in his office and he's watching the video of Cleo and he's kind of getting emotional. And I'm just thinking to myself, just imagine being in that, like... In real life, like, that's your job, is you have to deal with, like, dealing with seeing, looking into these people's lives of people who've been murdered, like, these mm. victims, and it's just so sad. Like, that's some pretty heavy stuff, and it's just, like, I don't, like, I know I couldn't do that. And like, you can tell I, he feels personally responsible Yes, for the outcome. Yeah, and it's very sad, and it kind of hits you, but it's, like, imagine if that was, like, really your career field it's kind of crazy to see how booth can just be himself obviously he's not perfect but he's still relatively like oh he's he's okay you know he can survive but it's just you would think that would really kind of bring you down a bit like it's really heavy stuff it's interesting to see to see a show where the dynamic is that the leading man Mm-hmm. is somewhat emotionally mature and able to emote and express kind of how he's feeling about things. Yeah. And to just show a tenderness mm-hmm. in and passion in his work. Yeah. Which I feel like for 2005, which isn't it's not that long ago, <laughs> but it still seemed pretty significant to me when I watched it, which I was like, as a me, a young 12-year-old was like, I'm in love. <laughs> you know, I want to marry Booth. Me too. You know? Yeah. But I agree with you. It's a very good scene. It was. It was a little montage showing yeah. a little bit more 
Booth's character. Yeah, showing how he really can feel. Yes. And you see more heart to him. And I really like that. The the scene where they go to the senator's home with the Mm -hmm. search warrant. Yes. Um to get the sledgehammer yeah there's just one part that I, that i love is, is when it? they see the stalker oh yeah oliver laurier that's what it is i just i call him the stalker i don't yes. even put a name on him and I'm bones just like the is like stalker. bones is like if you stalk me oliver i'll kick your ass i'm like yes <laughs> bones do it again kick his ass kick like his i ass. just love that energy yes i love that energy too like i'm just if you stalk me, I swear to God, I'll kick your ass. Yes. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Like, literally, that's the only thing I liked about the scene. Like, oh, I yeah. just, I loved it. But so, yeah. when they go to the lab, something I thought, I was like, of course, they're drinking alcohol out of beakers. Like, right? Of course you did. Of course you did. And then, like, some of them have, like, olives in there. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> Gotta yeah. make it fancy. Right? <laughs> and it's at that scene that, um... Hodgins triggers bones to think about yes. fish yes. and how the diatomation or diatomaceous earth they found is common used in filters, filters. for tropical fish. Mm-hmm. So then bones goes to the AIDS place yes. because in an earlier scene, the stalker mentioned that the aide Ken Thompson only cares about his tropical fish, yes. which when I saw that scene, I was like, that's weird mm. thing to put in there because they never mention tropical fish no, except for the stalker mentioning it. Yes. Or at least I think so. And if, correct me if I'm wrong. Well, who knows? Maybe but my thought is no. So she goes to Ken Thompson's house and he's trying to burn the place down. Hold on, hold on. Wait. But you remember before she went there, she told the guys, hey, let Booth know where I'm going. Oh, yeah. Like, does she even say where she, she does not? Oh, she no, does not. she does not. But Booth knows. <laughs> Booth knows. Booth knows where she's going. Coming to the rescue. His bone senses were tingling. His bone senses were tingling for sure because that lean gave him the mm-hmm. bone senses. He leaned into his bone senses. Cabadon senses. Cabadon senses. Cabadon senses are tingling. Absolutely. <laughs> My thought though, when he's trying, he's trying to destroy evidence, mm-hmm. was like. Bruh. You just your fish. In. Like your pets. Like he's just like, okay, well to hell with it. Y'all go up in flames. Like not even not even <laughs> trying to like sell them. them. He's not saving them. them. He's like, screw my fish. Screw, screw my fish. Screw my house. Screw my house. Screw my house. Screw my fish. Let them all go up in flames. Yes. Bye. I was like, man. I'm like, did- you got money? You got money, money? Maybe that's why. I was like, you should have just burned yourself up. You're about to kill fish for whatever. Oh, my gosh. So I was like, whatever. But the way how Bones broke in, though, like, she's just like, stop. And then she just smashes. I'm like, you can't do that. So it brings, up, it brings up another law enforcement type oh, okay. point. Fun fact. So she walks in. She breaks into his house. Mm-hmm. And he says, you need a warrant. And she says, no, I'm working with the FBI. And there is like a concern that there will, there's, it's called exigent circumstances. And it's eminent destruction of evidence. So again, the show has it right and wrong at the same time. That's usually how it goes. (laughs) So on one hand, Mm -hmm. um, if Bones were a sworn officer, she may need a warrant to search the home for the diatomaceous earth. However. But because 
there is the exigent circumstance of the definite ongoing possibility and reality that Ken Thompson was going to destroy evidence. He would have been, or she. Sorry, you probably can hear the trash being taken out outside the <laughs> outside the. Oh man, trash be- the trash man is here, and you can hear the truck. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know what? They're just they're doing their job. They're, they're getting their paid. Job, getting I'm glad paid. they're I'm glad they're getting a paycheck. Oh yeah, especially during these hard times. During these hard times, take our trash, make that money, make Tain the that bag. money, get that bread, yeah, get that bread. <laughs> Do what you need to do. <laughs> Where was I? Oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so if yes. she was, if there was a sworn officer, mm-hmm. they wouldn't need a warrant because they're the exigent circumstance that Ken Thompson's going to destroy evidence. Yes, but as we recalled earlier, Bones is not a sworn officer. She is not, so she does not need a warrant, but. There is the definite reality that she could have been charged with breaking and entering. Oh. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. She had no legal right to be in there. And she may be a consultant of the FBI, but a consultant does not a law enforcement officer make. So, so he definitely, <laughs> later on, he could definitely <laughs> press charges for breaking and entering, but I probably not. Oh, yeah, of course not. But, okay, so you know how when she comes in mm-hmm. and... You saw how, like, right before she shot him in the leg, you saw how he still lit the lighter. Mm. You like how it's like, oh, she shot him and the lighter went up, but it's not like it actually closed. True. I don't know. Maybe you guys can see that for me and see for sure. Am I crazy? But I swear it didn't actually close. So technically, they all could have gotten up in flames. Very true. But I guess they're trying to show, oh, yeah, he they closed it in time and he just fell. It was just like, ow, her, I'm hurt. Help mm. me. True. So. <laughs> true. <laughs> so then after that, they catch the bad guy. Yes, and apparently... Everybody goes to the funeral for Cleo. Which I found interesting. Like, it's nice that they went to the funeral. But um, it was also interesting how I'm like, they don't always do that for every single case, though. They don't mm-hmm. always go to the funeral. No, it's only mm-hmm. particular ones. No. But Zach is a savage. He is such a savage. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> He's like, what was the that they were saying? Where So they were saying, like, about how Brennan shot... The, uh, the guy, oh, the, and they the were suspect. saying, like, oh, is he got, is she going to get charges pressed against her? And we're like, oh, you know, maybe it'll be fine. You know, it was her first time, whatever. <laughs> and we're like, oh, but she didn't, like, announce it. And Zach says something along the lines of, like, to Booth, like, oh, do you announce when you kill When you snipe people? Yeah, when you <laughs> snipe people. <laughs> like, he does. And they all look, just look at him like, Zach. Yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, his his na- his naivete to his just, comebacks is yeah. golden. It's chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. But, so tell me why. Something I found interesting, though. Like, yeah, they're at the service, the funeral service. But you just like how Bones and Booth just casually start walking away in the middle of the service. Don't say bye to anybody. No. Nothing. Just walk i'm like is that how it goes because i figure they're still in the middle of the service like they're, in- they're talking <laughs> in the service it's like a big middle finger 
Yeah, like deuces. I, I put a flower in. Bye. <laughs> yep, nothing like, else. You might as well have just sent some flowers at that point. Like, why are you walking away? Yeah, I agree. It's very strange. But yeah, that kind of wraps up how this episode went. Yeah, that's kind of the first the about the plot. Yes. Now, with, with watching this episode, I did have another thought because um, the show... And the setup and a lot of the guest stars remind me of a show called Crossing Jordan. Yes. Have you heard of it? Nope. Okay. So I actually think you would like it. It's 2001, Mm -hmm. and I cannot remember the name of the lead actress, but it's Jerry O'Connell. Do you ever watch, like, Kangaroo Jack? Yes, I have. Okay. The the dude, the hairstylist, Kangaroo Jack. Oh, 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 oh. So he's in the show. He's in it. But basically, the premise is the chick is a coroner medical examiner i can't remember the correct terminology and her mother was murdered when she was um when she was younger and her she's you know got the same chip on her shoulder parents Mm -hmm. disappearance death and she assists the police department with solving crimes but she very much reminds me of bones in her personality except she's a little bit more abrasive and so many of Bones' characters guest starred on Crossing Jordan. Wait, seriously? Everyone. Oh my god! Everyone guest starred on Crossing Jordan. That's, so wow, it's it's a good show. I liked wow. it. I think it's like five seasons. So I think it was ending around the time Bones was starting. Okay, but okay. there's a lot of overlap if you like Bones's character, where she's. No nonsense, pushing boundaries, you know, strong female, but also emotionally underdeveloped and socially (laughs) unaware, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's a pretty good, it it just reminded me of that show because of all the guest stars that are on it. Well, speaking of guest stars, to any Grey's Anatomy fans in their new season, Hodgins is actually a guest star in there, not as Hodgins, just right. TJ Thine himself. Like, he's actually in one of the episodes in the new season. If you guys look for that, let us know if you find him. It's so, pretty crazy. It is totally crazy. Yes. <laughs> so we're at the tail end of the episode, and this is where we kind of talk about a crime that either inspired the case or in particular, reminds me of the case that was presented in the yes. episode. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this segment. This is something that we want to do mm-hmm. for our specific channel. We want to talk about our thoughts about the episode in general. But at the end of every episode, Pig here likes to look up different crimes or something that could have related to the episode in some way. Maybe it was inspired by mm-hmm. something that happened in real life. And it's a little segment we're going to add at the end of every episode. So hopefully you guys enjoy what Pig has found for this one. Yeah. So um, this, the pilot, uh, the writer and creator of the show, mm-hmm. the writer for this episode, Hart Hansen, he said that the victim in the case, Clea Louise Eller, was a Chandra Ann Levy type character. What does that mean? So... Do you know who Chandra Ann Levy is? Nope. Okay. So, 
if you guys haven't already tell, like, I'm more of the one who will always react to Pig's <laughs> findings because she digs deep into this type of stuff. So it's really awesome. My reactions, you guys are going to get a little taste of. So hopefully you guys are cool with that. And her, her reactions are my favorite. I love telling her stuff. And that's kind of why we're doing this podcast, because yeah. we just enjoy talking to each other about different yes, stuff we take out things out of each other that are pretty fun to see coming out of each other little reactions and thoughts that we yes. trigger it's pretty cool yeah so my sources for this are mostly wikipedia and a 2020 documentary about the situation so donate to wikipedia guys they need help no lie i definitely donated me to wikipedia too <laughs> because of how much i'm on wikipedia same Shout out if you're the type of person who always first straight goes to the personal life section. Raise your hand. <laughs> Papa down us if you want to. <laughs> Lean. Dominate us. Dominate us. <laughs> okay. So uh, your Sandra, bone senses are tingling. <laughs> so Sandra and Levy, okay? Okay. So May 6, 2001. Oh, so it's in the 2000s. All mm-hmm. right. Sean, so four years before the first episode of Bones. So it's relatively in the mind of the public. Okay, okay. This, this murder. So Chandra and Levy's parents called the police because they hadn't seen her in five days. Levy's 24 years old. She's getting ready to come back home to California from D.C. after her internship. Uh, her last semester, she was interning in the public affairs division of the federal bureau of prisons Mm -hmm. her parents said she wanted to be an fbi agent they could see her going into law enforcement really bright beautiful girl okay so they call the police search her apartment but it didn't look like she up and left her voicemail box was full was full her bags partially packed her driver's license is there her credit card is there her cell phone is there but the only things missing are her keys and a ring that she got for her parents as a gift in college. Okay. One, so a po- police bungling number one, oh, a God. untrained police sergeant um, mm. looks at her laptop and corrupts the internet search data. What? While trying to look at it. What do you mean? So trying to look at her internet search information yeah. and corrupted the data on the computer so completely useless to try to look at it oh my i'm not gosh. a tech person so i'm not a hundred percent sure what that means but i know it's not a good thing <laughs> you know i don't know either but it doesn't sound good no so later on they're able to to look into it and they see um i can't remember what point in the investigation but they see that she searched rock creek park and the map of the park where is this located? It's in D.C. Okay, so it's still in D.C. Yeah, it's, or it, it kind of borders on one of the other states, I think. Uh, I, I didn't look up the geography. Somewhere east coast, though. East coast. In the, in I think it was, so it was five miles from her apartment. Okay, okay. So it's a pretty big park, but when the police looked, they didn't find any sign of her. But to be fair, they didn't really look that far off the path. Oh, Okay. okay. So Chandra's mom looks at her cell phone. Look, looks at Chandra. Blah, 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 looks at <laughs> Chandra's cell phone bill. Okay. And notice that there's this number that Chandra's calling over and over again, and it turns out to be the phone number for California Congressman Gary Condit. Wow. Oh. She calls oh. the number. Mom, okay. Mom calls the number, and 
finds out that it's obviously the congressman and asks if he knows where Chandra is. He says he doesn't know. Okay. One of the voicemails on her mail voicemail box is from Condit asking like, hey, I don't know if you're out of the country or if you're up to seeing each other, you know, just let me know. Call me back. I want to know where you are. Okay, yeah. Because, you know, they're talking or whatever. Chandra's dad tells the cops she was having an affair with Condit. No. When the cops question Condit, he admits to dating her, but not sleeping with her. Okay, so... Condit's married. Wait, wait. (laughs) Wait, wait, how old is he? He's at the time... Hold on, let me look it up. At the Just what the heck? He's married, and then he admits to going on a date. I think he was in his forties or fifties, and she's like twenty-four. Oh my god! <laughs> Obtain the back, I guess. Is yeah. he cute? At least no, girl. What is you doing? He's it's st- not that serious. He's, he's a basic-looking white man, fifty-three to Chandra's twenty-three. So it's like he could be like her dad. He he is Papa Condit. Oh my god. Does her. he have kids? Yeah. How many? Um. <laughs> do, 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 I didn't do. think you would ask these questions. I got questions. I didn't prepare. <laughs> okay. According to Wikipedia. According to Wikipedia. He has two children. And it, and it says, like, how old they are or at the mm. time or nothing. Let me see. Mm-hmm. Well, while she's looking, guys, we do have social media platforms. Make sure to check us out. You know, Twitter. I think we have a Reddit, too. Instagram. I don't even know if we have a Facebook. I don't think we have a Facebook yet. No. Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, TikTok. And we're also going to be on YouTube as well. So if you guys are listening and you want to listen back to us, I think we're going to put this also on YouTube. So we'll see. We'll see. (laughs) Um. I'm having a hard time finding it, but I believe they were under the age of 18. Okay. Youngsters. Youngsters. So. People suck. Definitely. So, all right. Suck. So, going back so to he's, he's married and he said, admits to going on a date with to dating her. To, to dating date, her. Oh, Kurt, but not dating. sleeping with her. Okay. So, just dating. Remember, at this time, she's only been missing for five or six days. Okay. Right? But does he know that? Well. Like, okay. He left the voicemail. I mean, I'm not. He doesn't offer a lot of interviews and you can't really get in his head about too much. Dang. So he's questioned and admits to dating her, but not sleeping with her. Which at this point, it was, how are you casually dating a 23-year-old and not sleeping with her? While you're married. While you're married. With really? kids. Yeah. We're supposed to believe you didn't sleep with her? At this right. point, just admit you were sleeping with her. Right. Like, it, <laughs> it's not. Wait, what does Chandra and, and Levy look like as well? What does she look like? Because um, you said the guy in california the, the congressman or something mm-hmm. he said like, she's he's this older white man what she's is she very like? pretty young very pretty. fair skin beautiful brown curly hair let me pull up a oh. picture for you okay okay and she just looks you know sorry you guys can't see the picture <laughs> you, guys can, you guys can you guys can, can look, look her up. up chandra ann levy oh she's charming yeah like she just she just she's looks adorable. like a like nice girl sweet girl. you know Obtaining the bag. 
obtaining the bag. Hopefully. Going I don't know if congressmen are loaded. I don't know. I mean, kind. it depends. Maybe it he's depends. charismatic. Maybe he has a great personality. I don't know. Maybe you're being judgmental. He's a great Sorry. personality. Great personality. Cab it down in her. <laughs> In in the in the office. In the office. Honestly, though, <laughs> if it's when it comes to the cabadon, it's not about what you look like. It's about your it's attitude, energy, the you energy you bring. Yes. So I tell you what. Right now, I'm saying I would not be interested in having the a 53 year old senator push me up against the wall. But <laughs> I also can't say. That should the opportunity actually arise, that maybe I wouldn't enjoy it. I can't say that. I don't know. I it's mean, the power of the cabadon. If Harrison Ford was a congressman and he cabadoned you, I don't think instantly he would pregnant. There you go. Instantly pregnant. Yes. <laughs> With triplets. So going back to it. So, <laughs> so he, going back. He going admits back. to dating her. He admits to dating her. So Chandra and yes, kids. Yep. Chandra told the coworker yeah. that she was in a relationship with a powerful person that she was in love with and she saw a future with. Okay. Uh, her parents plea to the public um, for more information. It doesn't really seem like the cops are really pursuing condit that hard so the parents basically are calling him out in this press conference like please also congressman gary condit if anybody knows where she is or what's going on with her please so it calls a whole bunch of media attention and um the relationship rumors between condit and chandra arise People are protesting that he resigns. Like, it's crazy. I wonder how they met. Like, so she's she's an intern. She was an intern for him? I, I believe it's kind of, from what I'm reading, I'm not getting the total picture of it, but she's an intern for federal government in D.C. Yeah, but so I guess and he's a they just kind of crossed cross paths, paths somehow. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So, um... So then the police never name him as a suspect or person of interest. So this is kind of important because a lot of the times the police will say and put basically put on record whether someone was an actual valid suspect or person of interest. Right. And they don't. His apartment what? was searched. He oh took a polygraph test, but a private one. So he, the private? law enforcement told them to take a polygraph test. He refused. He took his own private polygraph what? test. What's the point of that? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. What did he do? He just did it for himself. Like, Apparently, oh, I'm getting a polygraph and I'm yeah. going to ask myself Different questions. Different trusted source. What? But it doesn't heck? even matter because a polygraph test isn't admissible in court. It's not reliable in actually showing whether someone's telling the truth it's more of an investigative tool than an evidence tool okay okay you know yeah um so he takes the (laughs) takes the polygraph test he also had an alibi that he was meeting with the vice president around the time that she disappeared but that doesn't mean Um, that he couldn't have hired someone to kill her he definitely could have hired someone yeah. Get so he bounty he, hunters, hitmans, whatever you want to get them to do. I mean, get you a ninja, samurai, whatever. Absolutely. Assassin. Ninja, <laughs> samurai, assassin to Secret Service to kill this. Yeah. 
Seriously. Okay. But he never admits to having a sexual relationship with her. Like, to this day, he was on Dr. Phil in 2016. Hello, Mr. Clinton. <laughs> Still I did not would not have admit any it. Sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> like at this point, man, you're in your seventies. <laughs> you know, like you can't. I, well, anyways, ultimately, public interest kind of dies down later that year because that of sucks. Bum ba da da nine eleven. What? What? She went missing May two thousand one. Oh my god! And then so the nine eleven happens and no one cares. So public interest is m- oh, and resources no. is paying more attention to nine eleven. So then they stop caring. Yeah, well, kind of, kind of. So then, turn around, May two thousand two. So a full year after she's gone missing. Yeah. Chandra's body is found five miles from her apartment at that's, Rock Creek Park. That sucks. That's so. That sucks. And in in true true crime fashion, guess how her body is discovered? How? Some guy is walking his dog. Oh my god! Seriously, like, like not fishing or no, anything. Like no. her body just came to the surface. No, she's not found in a lake like in the Bones episode. Oh, okay. Of the character she's found at a park, like a like a like a place where people go jogging. You know? So, was she just, like, out in the open? Like, the Black Dahlia's type of situation? So, the dude walking his dog comes across a human skull. Oh. A sports bra, sweatshirt, leggings, tennis shoes, they're all scattered around. Some area. Mm Mm-hmm. And the medical examiner identified damage to her hyoid bone, but due to the level of decomposition... Couldn't definitively say how she died, but declared it a homicide. Oh my gosh. But they realize that's her. Yeah. They they ID her. They realize it's her. And it's Rock Creek Park where she had the internet search history, but she was found further off the path where they could yeah, it's have been found like a her. Year, so it's even it's surprising they even found her at all. Yeah. And it's a it's a pretty big park, but they didn't search they didn't search as extensively as they could. Oh, that's disappointing. So, obviously, to the lay people, Gary Condit seems totally like the killer. But <laughs> the police end up focusing on Ingmar Juandic, yeah. a 20-year-old from El Salvador as a person oh, of interest. This is so random. Where did he come <laughs> from? So he he had previously attacked two female joggers at Rock Creek Park. Uh-huh. Is this you vibes? Hello? Right. He sits on the bench, and then when they come by, he gives chase, grabs them by the neck, and pulls them off the trail. Holds what? a knife to their neck. Oh, my God. And so, then what, he does, what does he do? Kill them and just leaves them? Like, uh, assault them. And I think, like, one of the girls ran away i didn't read too much into his specific crimes that he committed oh, but he's okay. facing sentencing for the jogger attacks and he's in he's in jail a his jailmate who um tells the cops that juan Deek confessed to killing chandra saying that condit paid him twenty five thousand dollars to do it oh it wasn't enough to get him out of jail investigators ruled out the story about Condit. What? They said because they had or because Juan Dick had already admitted to assaulting two other women in the park in the same way. 
where Chandra was found. So they're just treating it as if, like, she's just another girl. Like, there's no significance to her at all. Like, they're just going to cut the ties with her and the congressman at that point. They find more stuff. Uh, Juan Dick failed to show up for work the day Chandra disappeared. His former landlady says around that time he showed up with his face scratched and bruised. And the investigators on the case didn't even interview the previous jogging victims they survived yeah the jogging victims of juan Deek, they he he attacked them I but think, didn't kill them didn't kill them oh, and okay. the police focus in on juan Deek as a suspect but they didn't interview the vi- previous victims of his crimes which i think is weird that is weird so he what? denies he denies attacking chandra Oh my gosh. So, okay, so then what happens? Does she ever get justice? I'm still going, girl. Oh my god. So the informant, so the the guy who snitched on Juanik, he takes a polygraph test, fails. What? Juanik takes a polygraph test and they rule it as inconclusive but not deceptive. Now, Juanik and the jailmate his name is Armando Morales. Okay. They, English isn't their primary language, and the polygraph person administering the test wasn't bilingual, so they were doing it in English, because a bilingual <laughs> polygraph tester wasn't available. So, that's, I don't know why, to me, that's just so strange. You would think, like, you would just find someone somehow mm-hmm. in a situation, but whatever. Yeah. So, fast forward... 2006, the case goes cold. So this is four years later. Yeah, nobody's convicted yet. So in Juanique's prison cell, it's searched, and they find a photo of Chandra from a magazine. They get an arrest warrant, and he's charged um, and indicted by a grand jury on six counts of kidnapping, first-degree murder, committed during a kidnapping, attempted first-degree sexual abuse, first-degree murder committed during a sexual offense, attempted robbery, and first-degree murder committed during a robbery. Now, for for those of you... Man got busy! ...talking about arrest warrants, I, I couldn't... I, maybe I didn't look deep enough, but the idea that the police got a warrant and it was signed... On the sole, an arrest warrant to arrest him and and pursue conviction for Chandra's death, based on the fact that she had a he had a photo of her in his jail cell, oh like God. an arrest warrant, like that, based on That's him a, having a photo wow. from it? a magazine. It's not even had like an item of her personal effects. It was a photo from a magazine. Now, I don't know if there's more to it. I didn't read the arrest warrant, but oh that God. is mind-boggling to me. That is cuz it's just like, whoa, anyone could have been arrested and I just for you, having at, a picture at in this her magazine. Point, there's no physical evidence tying Quandik to her crime. But they're still pinning it on him just because he assaulted women before. Yeah. And to be honest with you, it's not even the same MO because the medical examiner said there was damage to Chandra's hyoid bone, meaning that she was strangled. Juandique would bring a knife and threaten women. If Juandique, let's say he attacks Chandra and it goes wrong, mm-hmm. 
why go to strangle her you if you have a knife? It's so much more difficult to strangle someone than it is to stab her. them. Yeah, Strangle is like passion. It takes a minute because you not only do you have to crush their high, but like you have to wait for them to suffocate. Yeah. You know, and if he's got a knife and they didn't, at least from what I read, I couldn't find any statements of her having any stab wounds. I just can't see that same connection, especially if he did it twice. Right. So, 2010 (laughs) trial happens. Oh my gosh, we're moving up even, what, another four years? 2010, this is nine years. No, after from 2006 to 2010, four more years. Yeah, 2006 is when it kind of died down. Yeah, so we're going four more years later. The two victims of the um, attacks by Juan Deek, Haley Schilling and Christy Wigan. They testified at his trial. These are the women he assaulted? Yeah. They testify at Chandra's trial about their experience. Wigan recounted that Hwandi grabbed her from behind, dragged her down a ravine, and held a knife against her face. Chandra's dad testifies, but he backtracks on his suspicions of Gary Condit. He told the cops at the beginning that Chandra wouldn't have gone jogging alone in the woods. Now he's saying he doesn't believe that anymore. He originally told the police that she and Condon had a five-year plan between them to get married. Now he admits that he just said whatever came to mind to point him out as the villain. What the... (sighs) He says that... um, Now the father looks guilty. Like, what the hell? To be honest with you, I feel like... It's kind of a combo where he really girl. he really believed Condit did it. Yeah. But now, if them being involved in the investigation, I don't know the communication between the cops and right. Levy's family. You know. But you don't know if they're getting paid either to be silenced. But there's know. some pressure to try to get justice for their little girl. Of course. And if the cops are saying this is the best bet, this is the person. The dad's got to say what he needs to say. Just so someone gets justice, which isn't always how it should be, but still. You know, and I don't know whether he actually believed Juan Deke did it. Yeah. But, you know, I just found that very jarring. Yeah. So then Condit testifies at the trial, too. Okay. Whoa. And whoa, he... Whoa. What happened to him not being involved at all? He Hello. Had, the cops are basically... Because he was such a target in the beginning, I'm guessing that the sorry, not the cops, the prosecution is trying to dispel any reasonable doubt because that's the thing when it comes to the trial. Yeah. If the defense can, they don't necessarily need to prove that, well, what they're trying to do is say, if it's possible that it was something else, that someone someone else else did did it. it, it puts doubt as to whether Juan Deke did it. And that's, you need to have... That's kind of like the OJ thing. Reasonable doubt. He got away with, was it the first one? Reasonable doubt. Yeah. But here's the tea that I didn't tell you earlier. Oh, spill it. When the forensics went over uh, Chandra's clothing, Mm -hmm. they found Gary Condit's semen in her underwear. Yo, Shoo, bro. No sexual relations who? Okay. But also... Whatever. But it lasted a year? <laughs> no, that when they initially did it, they uh, found his semen in her underwear. Okay. So I have many a thoughts on this yeah. because <laughs> there is zero physical evidence tying 
Hundik to the crime scene, but there's literal DNA evidence tying Gary Condit to Chandra and her death. I mean, mean, not her death, but like her body. But you know, he didn't do anything. He didn't have any sexual (laughs) sexual relations relations with this woman. (laughs) He found her underwear and he just took a butter knife and spread his bodily fluid on it and then gave it back to her. Yeah. That's normal. Yeah, it's very normal. So also, Armando Morales testifies at the trial. He's the jailmate. Okay. He talks about how Juan Dique was very concerned about being transformed, transported between prisons in 2006 because of inmate violence against suspected rapists. Mm-hmm. Morales said Juan Dique and was a fellow member of a gang that they were in oh. and confided okay. in him that he killed Levy while trying to rob her, but says that he didn't rape her. Other inmates mm-hmm. of that same of that same facility are testifying for the defense, saying, countering Morales' claims about Juan Dicada's character. Why? November 22nd, 2010, the jury found Juan Dicada guilty of both remaining counts of first-degree murder. After the trial, a juror says that Morales' testimony was decisive in them reaching their verdict. Verdict. Wow. Right? Okay. So, later on, they go through a bunch of appeals, because that's what you do when you get convicted of a crime like this. You're going to appeal it. And um, they, I wish I could talk more about this stuff, because they really pull up a lot of interesting things about Hwandik's background and character (laughs) and, and basically how there wasn't much concrete evidence in the murder in general. Like, the fact that this went to trial astounds me. astounds me so 2015 prosecutors agree to retry five years later Mm -hmm. retry the case because of morales you remember the jailmate yes yes, yes. turns out he supposedly had a history as a jail informant for the police which made it made him seem less trustworthy less reliable that basically <laughs> take into question his testimony because the, one of the main pillars the main pillar of this trial is him is him yeah and now they're saying oh he's mm-hmm. not now mm-hmm. now he's not reliable and the defense even brings up that there's a new witness a neighbor that said they heard a scream that night that could have come from Chandra's apartment at this point i'm just like it's been like how many years? And you're saying you just 14 now 14 years. 2016, the prosecution decides they're not going to go forward with a trial. What? They're instead going to push for Juan Dique's deportation back to El Salvador. <laughs> what? Because apparently this person got Morales secretly recorded admitting to lying on the stand. The jailmate, the informant, the pillar... Of that trial. Does Morales get anything? Like, does he... I don't know. Nothing happens to him for this? I don't know. But 2017... got bribed. Three years ago, or four years ago, I guess, Mm. Juan gets deported to El Salvador. Oh my gosh! And to this day, Chandra and Levy's case remains unsolved. What the heck? I'm pissed. Dude, I'm pissed. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not kidding you. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, it's messed up for sure. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. She doesn't. She doesn't get justice. No, it really sucks. No, and um, people girl. are really on two camps. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people really still suspect Gary Condit or even think that there is more well, evidence to prove that he did it. Well, what do you think, Pig? What are your thoughts about this situation? Personally? Your personal thoughts. Allegedly, allegedly, I think the congressman hired someone to kill her. I think so, too. There's I so agree. much. I feel like they have power. And I feel yeah. like he used it. I feel like and I just find because it he's a congressman and these are DC cops. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's there's already hesitation in general oh, in the law enforcement world when it comes to pursuing suspects in in these kind of high profile areas. Unfortunately, unfortunately, but but, but it's tough because. Even if I think he did hire someone to do it, there's not enough evidence to I think he would he should be taken to trial. Yeah. Even though I have this suspicion that he probably did it. Yeah. Do I think he like, should be you know. convicted of it? No, because it would there's not enough evidence and it just sets And at this up. point it's been like how many years? So it's like it's just sad. Yeah. It's just really sad. The at fact this point. that they that they tried Juan Deke in the first place, to me, sets a horrible precedent in general. But yeah. it just seems like they were just trying to get the case solved. Trying to, to get take it the solved, heat off a of condit. Yeah, just get someone out there and just put a blame on someone, mm-hmm. finger point out, and then so the, what a, the pillar of the case, yeah. once they realize, oh my gosh, she's not much of a pillar, deport. Mm-hmm. What, deport. What about this crime reminds you of the crime in the Bones episode? Yeah, the whole, like, the relation of it. You got mm-hmm. a high-profile case, someone who was having an affair, pot alleged affair or whatever, and she just ends up going missing, and turns out she was murdered. You know what I think, for me, the interesting comparison is, in both cases, the senator technically, on the surface, didn't do it. Right, in the in the episode, it's the senator's aide that does it. The senator didn't do it. In real life, the senator's highly suspected by the public to have done it, but he's never convicted, and there's not enough true evidence to tie to it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you know. (sighs) And Chandra wasn't pregnant, and she was not pregnant. Unlike the character. Nope. Dang. Was she strangled too, though? Just like was the one that was Cleo strangled? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah she was strangled. She was hit with she? the sledgehammer, but she was strangled. Yeah, yeah. So that's a similarity. That is a similarity, and the fact of them found highly decomposed, decomposed <laughs> without their clothes on. Yes, I do find it interesting though in Bones how they say sledgehammer. You know, just casually. casually hey, I'm gonna use a sledgehammer. Be I mean, listen. to be honest. The senator casually had a sledgehammer at his house when <laughs> they did the search warrant. I've never seen that in my life. Where did that come from? Mm. That's not mine. <laughs> no. But I think an important thing to, to point out is, have you heard of the CSI effect? No. So it's this phenomenon where people who grew up watching a lot of these fictional true crime procedurals, well, not true crime, fictional crime procedurals, have this um, expectation of forensic ability Mm -hmm. in law enforcement in real life cases 
a lot of it you see in episodes where they pull DNA off of something and have it back in two weeks, or they zoom in, they take a picture of something 30 feet away, and they're able to zoom in with perfect pixelation and resolution, you know? And a lot of it affects juries, because juries are made up of the lay people, the people of our country, that when they go to trial and they don't see forensic evidence like this, it can make it very difficult to prosecute cases because TV shows make it look so definite and the turnaround time is so quick that in real life when these cases go to court. Mm -hmm. That's why you don't trust everything you watch, guys. No. Don't trust everything you read and watch, kids. Yeah. (laughs) Which is why I like watching these shows because I like to see these things. Especially like after now that, you know... Pig has gone to school, as she previously mm-hmm. said, but it's kind of cool because now she actually has this insight where she could actually call out these shows like, oh, hey, <laughs> that's not right. Mm. You know, and I'm not a cop, so obviously a lot of things I don't know, but for the things I do know, I'll say, and if if we say something that you know for sure is incorrect oh, or yeah. you want to educate us on something, you guys let us call know. us out, call us out. Please Cop it down us. us if you need to. <laughs> Dominate <laughs> us with your information. Give us your bone sensings are tingling. Mm-hmm. Tingling. Let us know. Yeah, we are open to criticism. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I said definitely like and Same. um way too much. Let us know if we're saying too much of certain things too. We accept the criticism. It's okay. Yeah, we're not we'll we're not it. formal public speakers. We haven't no, had we're training. Not. No, we're not. We're just two we're- chicas hanging out, talking about bones yes. and crime. We come from Musca Chica. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a real place. It's not a real place. It's a made up. It's a made so up place. <laughs> me, a panda and pig. We have known each other for many many years when many we went to years. school together. Mm-hmm. So we have. We Random have a lot jokes. of intri- little inside jokes, so we apologize. We'll let you guys in on <laughs> some of our jokes, but yes, we yeah, do say so stuff like that. So I hope you guys good. enjoyed. Yeah. And that was our first I, for the pilot episode. I had a good time. Did you? I had a good time. I hope you guys had a good time yeah. hanging with us. You know, and if uh, if we haven't turned you off by now, please don't turn us off. Please don't turn us off. Just keep listening. I promise we'll, 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 we'll try to try get better. Harder. <laughs> Or we'll cob on you. We'll cob on you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. cob so, us yes. with information, and we will cob you with entertainment. Mm-hmm. And we shall see you guys next week. Hope yeah. you guys tune in and come back. See you come later. Come with us next time. Bye. Bye. Next week on The Heart and the Bones. Beard. Yeah, it's his beard. <laughs> That's how I will just like disguise myself. It's my beard. Yeah. This is my beard, guys. You would look great with a beard. Oh, really? I, but what I kind would you so. want? I want like, I want Dumbledore style beard. That's I a lot like, of upkeep. Yes, but I feel like.